Hello and welcome to our first ever review of AEW Rampage. I'm your host Tom and I will be joined weekly, unless plans change, uh, Dave Meltzer plans change, by uh, my German friend Patrick who shortly shall be moving here as your permanent home. Well, we, you'll still pop back up on the Wednesdays I'm sure. But Yeah, hi Tom. Yeah, I, I'll probably do but uh, depends always on the recording date and so on So because I got other stuff to do but Saturdays are always free for recording at least an hour of Rampage review and uh, I'm really excited for it because the first show was really good but let's talk about this later I guess. Really good. So we'll start with some breaking news. Uh, I actually don't know what it is so let's jump straight into that. Patrick, you said you had some breaking news regarding Dynamite for me that I'm out on the loop on, so please inform me. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the breaking news is that uh, it probably, so that's just a speculation thing, because a lot of people said like uh, that uh, Hangman's title push uh, was postponed because of the arrival of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and now we got the confirmation. I read, the, we, I think we all read this a little bit sideways, but didn't realize it. Uh, they just postponed it because uh, he's about to become a dad, and they didn't want to interfere with him. Of course, I think that now it comes really in handy when, when uh, Brian Danielson and, and CM Punk are showing up. But uh, yeah, that's that's actually one news I, I read. And I also saw yesterday in a video from uh, Tranquilo Club, which is a really good AW YouTuber. He also uh, emphasized on this in the video also again to stop a little bit the speculations about that uh, yeah, Punk and, and Brian Danielson will come in directly challenge for the title, which AW won't do. Uh, so we got a little confirmation here, which is nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. So I saw that too. But, uh, yeah, I, but we, it's, yeah it, is, it is kind of breaking news because it's, it's, you know, so many people have been speculating about it and now they can just shut up. Because yeah, we, right. we, we said anyway we'd like them to drag it on longer anyway, so. Yes. But now I'm, I'm thinking now also like uh, maybe uh, that uh, their match will be at full gear instead because hey, a lot full of gear yeah right because I, I just realized that full gear is a year after their last uh, one-on-one encounter so just makes sense from the storytelling there's still plenty of time to build that and another breaking news but i think we just we said it before we're going to do that every week and every other show to tell the viewership numbers this week's uh, dynamite was the first week in like four weeks i guess which was below one million yeah i saw that uh, but just I don't think that's going to last so long, given what's coming. Yeah, I also don't don't uh, don't think that. So this will be interesting to see then. So without further ado, oh, we got new music. Uh, we'll have new music on the on the thing when we launch <laughs> right. it. Too. I'm nervous. I'm scared. What's it going to be? Oh. Let's go. Let's talk about Rampage. Almost said dynamite. So, starting off the night, we had Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the Impact World title. Uh, yeah. Um, what did you make of this match, Patrick? So, first of all, also before we started the recording, you said you called it the, the end of the match or the outcome of the match. And I was pretty convinced by your arguments also. And then it turned out to be like this. Um, I mean, I don't want to brag, but... <laughs> no, no, it's just, no, you just brought up some really good arguments where I was like, okay, it's doable. And when the... Um, oh, how, how is the Unprettier called now out, outside of WWE? I always forget it. The kill switch. The kill switch. Thank you. The kill switch was executed on the uh, on the chair, which looked also yeah, it, it looked quite yeah, hurting. <laughs> very good, uh, very well executed, uh, and he uh, did the one, two, three. I was like, really okay. Now it's getting interesting. Yeah. So the match in general was really, really good. I didn't have especially like not for this match in particular but more for the all-out match i was like yeah maybe we can get a good one i know what christian's capable of but then showing this high level and this really good match on a, on a, a rampage show makes me even more excited for the all-out match also we don't know what the outcome will be probably he won't lose but um or kenny won't lose but it's interesting to see that the belt collector drops his first belt plural also but it's just it's one belt in general but yeah. you know uh, it's yeah it's interesting to see um also the outcome of it that uh, the elite screwed themselves for the first time um yeah 
Yeah, and just like I don't know if you did like a, a detailed play-by-play because I cannot recall all the moves, but there were so many great moves in it, like impactful moves, and also Christian showing like the frog splash, and I, I can't recall what the if it was a diamond cutter and uh, the spear he showed on on yeah. Omega, and he kicked out all of these, and then yeah, the the uh, chair was used for the. Um, Former unprettier, the finish, yeah, just to protect it a little more. So that was great. But yeah, what did you think about it? Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. Uh, I, I will probably be reintroducing play-by-plays exclusively for Rampage just because we've got time to fill. Um, I haven't done a detailed one this time, but just a couple of notes which I really liked. I liked uh, Christian quite early in the match. He stole uh, Kenny's taunt. He he uh, he did the he did the kind of finger gun, the kind of good night goodbye good night but then flip the bird turned it into a middle finger yeah right to a huge re- pop also yeah to a hu- exactly and that kind of i think going into this match there were some doubters you know coming off of dynamite where people were chanting cm punk and and uh, doing the yes chants in in response to christian getting a title shot at the AEW title um but i think this kind of silence and people and they started kind of they they drew people into it quite quickly by doing that um, and including there was a couple of Kenny attempted the one winged angel fairly early and then Christian reversed it into a kill switch attempt fairly early. So, um, you know, I think overall, I actually think this was quite a I, I, I'm going to say this it's going to sound like a criticism. But it's not necessarily a criticism. I think it was quite a WWE style match. I think it was a, it was quite a sports entertainment match. It wasn't a very um PWG indie, you know, New Japan style match, um, which makes sense because Christian was in WWE so long. That said, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just there wasn't so many spots outside of his repertoire. So the stuff he was doing, like instead of doing a 10 punch, he did like a 20 punch. You know what I mean? He just, Christian just kind of took his, his moveset to the next level. And there's some big kickouts. He kicked out of the V trigger. Um, and then Kenny obviously kicked out of the spear um, and the frog splash. And uh, then it was, oh, it was the Bucks came down, wasn't it? The Young Bucks came down with the chair. Yeah, exactly. Kenny Omega went to went to uh, hit the one winged angel on it, which we've seen him do before. John Moxley, I think, in that um, that exploding exploding barbed wire match. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Christian turns it into the uh, the kill switch while Don Callis is distracting. So, like you said, they screwed themselves, not just the Bucks coming down with the chair, but Don Callis in distracting the referee accidentally distracted him to Christian's advantage. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I thought it was a decent match. Like I said, I don't think it was like necessarily the style we used to seeing Kenny wrestle. I think it was, like I said, a bit more uh, within Christian's moveset, WWE style, although there was... Was there like a big neck? Oh, no, I think that was in the main event. Ignore me. I was thinking about this big uh, neck breaker we saw. But no, a lot of fun. Um, After the match, uh, we had an interview with Christian Cage. Said that he feels great and he, uh, as an homage to his fellow Canadian, well, fellow Canadian other than Omega, perhaps, uh, Jericho on commentary, he had the little bit of the bubbly out and uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, who also came down to the ring to celebrate him, were with him, um, you know, pouring it over him. Yeah, he gives he gave a lot of credit to Omega, but obviously, you know, this has created a lot of hype for All Out. Would you would you agree with that? That it's, you know, hyped us up yeah. for the match at All Out now. Yeah. Definitely, and a really good point you brought up there that it was more a WWE style match, because yeah. I was already thinking, okay, that was really good, but it was just a TV match because you've seen, like in all pay per views, how much they're going further when they're doing a pay-per-view match and just like you see normal tv matches then you're like oh that was really good but when the same pairing like for example uh, uh hangman page against brian cage they had this match on dynamite it was like okay and then firing off this pay-per-view indie style match they're doing there and thinking of like what christian cage did in impact uh there's a lot of room still open for that so i'm, I'm also really excited for that because i know what he's also capable of um but I'm just thinking they're just waiting for these greater or bigger moves outside their repertoire really for, for the all out. Um, yeah, and I also like the promo afterwards uh, because this, like I also said, made the hype even bigger when he said like, hey, it will be almost impossible to beat you at uh, all out and for the AEW title. Yeah. And it has put a lot of emphasis on like, yeah, how good Kenny still is, how much they're protecting him still. 
Uh, plus, on the other side, I really like to see Mark Henry. <laughs> like he, he's I, such a cool guy. I love him. Chris, Christian also did say, didn't he? Said, oh, "I'm so happy you're here and stuff." Yeah, it seems so um, authentic. But I, I thought Mark Mark Henry wasn't good though this episode he, he felt a little rusty i have to say he felt a little rusty but he like he had this nice uh he has this nice character familiarity like and that. warmth yeah yeah but. right so i think he's a little rusty still there on this on this thing so they uh, that's also what was like uh, the biggest point from everyone was the foreman uh, commentary booth yeah. which also like jericho wasn't uh, that great I have to say, like, some commentaries were not that fitting also to his character. And so they were a little over the top. But I think they will just, in, like, in the next weeks, uh, I think also Tony Khan said yeah. it afterwards. He also said, like, this was just a one one time to, like, to get also viewership in, to have these people on commentary. I think Taz should be permanent there. Because, I mean, I didn't really know what Definitely. to expect. Obviously, obviously, I've seen Taz do commentary in um, WWE and then... Well, I heard him do commentary, should I say, in WWE, and then also on and off in TNA Impact. Um, but I thought he was really on his game, and I wasn't really sure what to expect because I don't watch Dark, and from what I've heard, it's kind of just like a laugh fest with Taz, and I, I didn't know whether he'd take it seriously. And he did he did have some moments where he was kind of taking the piss a bit, but they weren't. it wasn't too much, and he was still very serious about the product. And I think he hasn't really missed a step. He's a really good commentator. I think him and Excalibur... Um, are a great team. Uh, I'm not sure about the other two yet, like you say. Um, whether, you know, as you say, Tony Khan said this is just a one-time thing, having a four-man booth, so it remains to be seen who who will remain. Obviously, I think Excalibur's a given. Taz probably too. Um, whether they'll drop one or both of Mark Henry or Chris, probably Chris Jericho, they'll get rid of because what else are they doing with Mark Henry, whereas Chris Jericho has other stuff he's involved in. Um I would yeah. also love to see, sorry, Mark Henry then more as a backstage guy. What, what he did there. I was just about to yeah. say that because I he kind of he kind of he, he disappeared on commentary a little bit. He would chime in every so often, but he wasn't really. Um, he kind of took a back seat on the commentary and he kind of f faded into the background a little bit. Um, that said, I I was hesitant to say that because I actually didn't think his his backstage work was that great this episode too. But that's something he can work on you know, with it being segments, that's easier to work on than suddenly becoming, fitting right into a three-man booth. Do you know what I mean? I think I think it would, it's easier for him to work on his skills backstage, talking and you yeah. know, interviewing people. And it's also nice to have like other people doing the backstage segments on Rampage than on uh, Dynamite. No, Gives uh, it a different um, feel. Yeah. And um, uh, was it Dasha Fuentes? She was also the ring announcer this time. I was first, I was... Uh, uh, Dasha Fuentes. Dasha yeah, it was, Gonzalez. Is it? Who's Dasha Fuentes? <laughs> Who is that? Is that a, I don't know. Did she go by that name in? Was it? I don't know. Is Dasha Gonzalez or? Dasha okay, Gonzalez. I, I have to Google it. And now it's a porn actress. <laughs> <laughs> I was just. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. One of it's his favorite porn actress. <laughs> Please, I'm so excited. Oh no, it says like everything when I Google that it's just Dasha Gonzalez maybe that was her name yeah in, she was also she, in the she in performance center yeah, yeah she exactly was in... oh, okay maybe <laughs> I just hit maybe. her old name that's Luckily. so weird to remember <laughs> it though because you seem surprised that she was in WWE then but you seem yeah. to remember her old name maybe I don't know strange yeah it's, um, it was her name in WWE Dasha Fuentes I don't how know how weird is that and you did <laughs> <laughs> the, the mind is a funny thing. Yeah, the mind um, is. Jesus. But yeah, no. This when I say it was a WWE style match, I don't necessarily mean that. I don't mean that negatively at all. I think it's harder to have a good match when you wrestle the sports entertainment style. But the sports entertainment style is primarily on not as much focus on these big impact moves, and and you can have a really good match, even a five star match. Um, if you you know it's story focused do you know what i mean the matches are more are more story focused you think you think some of the great sports entertainment style matches like undertaker versus Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 25 and 26 like you you're never gonna have them doing like you know pwg style shit and uh or wrestling like the physicality of a new japan style match but those matches were incredible. I think it was the best match I'd ever seen up until that point uh, at 25. So, um, yeah, no, you can have great matches. It just has to be very story heavy. And I think this was. This did this did well with it being part of the bigger story of him going for the title at All Out. So maybe we'll see more of the same there. 
yeah, as as long as they keep this 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 feud story heavy, I am I am very invested in it. Next up, it was Miro versus Fuego del Sol. Um, we had a we had quite an emotional promo beforehand um, about Fuego del Sol's journey to uh, trying to you know to this match essentially um, and his fight for an AEW contract. Um, and he said, "I belong in." All Elite Wrestling, God's favorite champion, uh, will be baptized by fire, which was fantastic because obviously he's Fuego, and uh, you know it was it was a clever little thing. Um, I I have to be honest, I don't watch a lot of Sammy's vlog. I don't watch Dark or Elevation. Um, I'm f- I'm familiar with the hype around Fuego del Sol, but perhaps you're more familiar with him in general. I know Jack is. Jack's a big fan of him. Um, Jake would be but, perfect here. I'm also yeah. not so much. I just see, uh, know some things of him. Like, like I seen that on on the on the social medias. Like when, especially when he also won his first match. Yeah. Um, but I have just seen him on dark, like here and there in some matches, and they, he's mostly a jobber. But I'm also not watching Sammy's vlog so much because uh, I don't have the time for it. To be honest, like I watch BTE. That's just the thing like for me where it all started still i'm heavily attached to it since uh almost day one but um yeah down since day one ish yeah <laughs> um <laughs> wonder if we'll see them show up on aw who know i doubt it being in the family yeah um, right. but yeah no to talk about the match um oh th- this match i really enjoyed this because uh okay so to talk about the match itself he hits his Tornado DDT. So from what I'm aware, he's the expert of the Tornado DDT. His finishes, uh, all these variations of the Tornado DDT. He hit one He hit one before the bell even started. He went straight after Fuego del Sol, this is, went straight after Miro. Hit the Tornado DDT. Um, then the bell rings, and he hits a top rope DDT straight after. Um, and at this point, it's like, holy, holy shit, what's going on? Because this is essentially two finishers, or a finisher and a super finisher. And Miro rolls out of the ring, and obviously, and, you know... It's like, oh, holy shit, you know. Um, and then the commentary did a fantastic job at making you doubt what was going to happen because obviously the title wouldn't change hands on a count out. But the other stipulation was if Fuego del Sol wins, he gets a title contract. So they did a great job at making you think, holy shit, Mira's about to get counted out. Um, I, I never fall for count outs. <laughs> I think I, I pretty much almost fell for this one because, like, you know they're they're just so good uh knowing their audience because they know their audience is full of smarks who nitpick and stuff so their job is to try and you know give a product give when they present the product they've got to try and think of the people watching it and think about their thought process and then try and trick them and try and make them doubt what they think they know and um this was great because you know you thought oh hold on you know, because there's the both the stipulations, this is a way that this could happen where the title doesn't change hands, but Fuego del Sol still wins. So, you know, kudos to AEW. They actually have me thinking that Fuego del Sol might in some fashion beat Miro, which is not something I thought they'd be able to trick me into thinking ever in any, you know, way, shape or form. Miro actually ended up making the uh, the count at nine. And uh, yeah, he just... He just uh, destroyed him at this point although i think no i think he did take one more tornado ddt actually and then it was a two count so he almost pinned him uh fuego del sol this is he gave him one more but then um miro uh just laid him out with the kick and then um a really brutal uh game over um where he you know fell back and uh put the legs around him and fuego del sol tapped before we talk about what happened after the match though which i think a lot of the focus is on um, what did you think of this match, Patrick, as a short match? Uh, because I thought, you know, I thought, uh, to, to quote Jack, for what it was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he always it, says that, have you noticed? <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is there's a German uh, uh, movie and, and series review show, let's say, like this, where one of the guys always says that when there's like a cool action film and he says yeah for what it was supposed to be it was good so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah same applies to this match and in general also uh, it's the second uh, surprise for me this night because i also didn't expect anything from it like i was like yeah he will never win it and then they got uh, uh, they got that uh, up again to start like oh yeah disqualification no title change but he could win the match and that contract I was like okay it's okay count is up until eight okay nine okay it's doable is it eight nine and then he jumps into the ring then i was like oh when, no he's not gonna do it 
as a long time wrestling viewer, when is the last time you remember being fooled by a nine count? Like I, you know, it's the John I, Cena special. Know. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I I really cannot recall that at all. Like I don't know, really. The last you, time I, was... you know, because I don't. I've never even. You rarely even get excited for it. You're like, okay, he's gonna he's gonna play. He's like I said, the John Cena special, where you act like you're absolutely immovable until nine, like you're absolutely dead to the world, and then you pop up and just slide your body in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's, right. Um, but but yeah, no, I think I it got me. It really did. I was like, that makes sense, and that's what they're doing. They're kind of playing on the fact that they know that's how we're thinking. So exactly, it's just yeah, clever stuff. Yeah, and I think that's clever. that's 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 where I think Tony Khan's booking and people are like, oh, Tony Khan's a dork. He's a smart. He's a fan. This is fans booking for fans. It's like exactly, exactly. That's because he knows how because he is a because he is a smart mark dork fan he knows exactly how his target audience think and he knows how to get them on the hook because he knows how he'd be gotten on the hook do you know what i mean yeah so. exactly this is uh, yeah this is also super smart if you do it like this but then it also turned out to be the complete other way around which everyone expected then um that miro See, yeah, so really slams him, him. You gave him the obvious result, but yeah. you didn't do it in the obvious way. So it was like, yeah. so it gave us that a really short roller coaster. It was yeah, right. And that's stuff. what wrestling is about emotion. And if you give give this emotional roller coaster, then it's just amazing. And it didn't stop when uh, when the bell rang and and he tapped out. That was the great thing also about it. So well, I will talk about that now. So after the match, Sammy Guevara's music hit. He came to the ring. Well, he came out on the stage with Tony Khan. And Tony Khan uh, handed him uh, a clipboard. Oh, I should, should mention, Miro tore up uh, Fuego de Sel's contract uh, that he had brought to the ring with him, you know, for the match. But um, Tony Khan handed Guevara what appeared to be a new contract. And Guevara came down to the ring to tell Fuego de Sol that he is all elite. Uh, to a big, huge pop from the crowd said he wanted to be the one to do it as his friend. I've got to say, I don't think Fuego de Sol knew this was happening. Just based on the look on his face. Um, no, it wasn't ha happening. Like uh, Tony Khan said that in the media interview afterwards, it was a shoot. Only uh, Sammy and him knew about this, and uh, yeah, that's... yeah. See, that's the, I didn't even know that, and that's the vibe I yeah. got from looking at Fuego. So it looked like he was about to cry, and it looked like, and and the way Sammy was saying it looked like, you yeah. know, it, it, obviously he had he he had things he was about he was planned to say, but like you heard him kept breaking through and you could hear him talking with a smile like he was surprising his mate do you know what i mean yeah so um yeah completely um that was that was really cool so uh yeah i'm i'm curious to see also what they're making now out of it because he's uh yeah such there's such a hype around him also for maybe the smaller amount of fans but you can still use him or have him as 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 his partner also i don't know i don't know what they're making out of it because they're still when they were looking into the dynamite card for next uh, thursday they still had uh yeah a special announcement by Sammy guevara so who knows what this will be well we've seen them do the whole lovable loser thing before with um with uh brandon cutler and uh, peter avalon um you know I, brandon cutler's doing all right for himself now but only as like a an extension of, of the elite, uh, you know, a, just a, a small facet of the elite storyline rather than any, anything on him and him himself. I think what would be a good move for Fuego del Sol, um, rather than just rehashing the, um, the whole, you know, the story, the, the losing streak storylines we've seen before would be to maybe tag up with Sammy. If that was Sammy's major announcement, Sammy's major announcement might be that he's going solo, um, and might have an amicable, you know, break from the inner circle. Um, but I'd like to see him maybe, you know, maybe win the tag titles with Sammy and Sammy kind of carrying him a bit, but, you know, not never making him feel bad about it or something. That might be... Because you've got to think... You got to think Sammy, as Jack was saying before, is one of the four pillars. So you got to think he's going to be one of the maybe a potential triple crown champion at some point. Do you know what I mean? So at some point he's got to win the tag team titles. I can't think of anyone better to do it with than his best mate. Do you know, so. And I think, you know, based on what I, the brief amount I've seen Fuego del Sol and his athleticism, I think he'd go well in a tag team with Sammy Guevara. Yeah, think. definitely. Definitely. Their, their styles fit like a lot together. So, yeah, it's interesting to see. That's a good also theory that there might be a breakup. So within the inner circle, I don't know. I could also see it for uh, Santana Ortiz. 
uh, they don't need the inner circle as a tech team they can work alone uh, Jericho as well but you know the only one who's <laughs> left Jake, behind Jake is Jake Hager yeah. yeah right so Bless I don't him. know what to do with him afterwards so but yeah we've been waiting for it for a while wondering if Sammy's gonna you know go go solo and reach that next level but um yeah, no, it's it, it's odd because obviously as recently as Double or Nothing there was a chance they were going to break up and they secured that they were going to stay together and yet we've not really seen them do anything as as, as a unit. They've, they've all been doing their separate things. Um, you know, Santana Ortiz feuding with FTR and uh, Sammy's been out of the picture and Chris Jericho's been doing a solo thing with MGF. Like, it's weird that they're feuding. It's like, you know, the weird way, the way I would say it is that and obviously, uh, Sammy's got Sean Spears next week as well. The the weird thing I would say is, it doesn't any. It no longer feels like the inner circle versus the pinnacle. It feels like Jericho, Sammy, uh, Santana, and Ortiz, Jake Hager versus the pinnacle. Like they don't they don't feel like they're feuding with them as a unit. They feel like they're feuding with the individual members as individuals. You know. Yeah, but also the other way around. That also the pinnacle is not so much together, and they're they're not. Yeah feuding as a yeah, team but, against them also so but i think that this will be shown afterwards like a little more or less unity or so and there's still someone coming out from them to interfere in matches or so so yeah i don't know i don't know why though the pinnacle does feel maybe because like probably because mjf's been involving people from the pinnacle and calling on people from the pinnacle that being sean spears and wardlow uh for the labors of jericho they feel like still more of a tight unit than the inner circle feel right now who just don't feel present at the moment as as a as a faction you don't see them wearing inner circle shirts you don't you know um just a bit weird a bit sad but um i suppose it has to happen sometime for sammy to propel to the next level but as you say what happens to jake hager we've said that for a while really next up we had a a promo tease um well the teasing started before the promo even began when excalibur uh, said best in the world. Um, he, he met, I, can't, I can't remember the context in which he said it, but he, he definitely said the words best in the world as he was introducing uh, the the promo. And uh, Sting and Darby were watching on from the rafters. Um, and uh, there was a promo advertising the first dance next week's Rampage uh, from Chicago. And uh, their biggest, their biggest um, crowd yet which is crazy. Uh, I don't know if that's that'll be for Dynamite and Rampage. Oh, you would think it would be. They're running from the no, same no. Place. It's it's just that's the thing. Oh, they just, just booked it for just for Rampage. They're in Chicago. They're in Houston next week. That's they're crazy. just usually that it's like all the planning throughout is always they are in the same in in one week. Uh, they're doing both shows in one city, which makes logistically completely sense. But they're just there, and then they're moving to next city and so on and so on. But this time they just only did that for something we are all expect there will be because they just emphasize the promo from from a derby again even if you are the best in the world dropping that there clearly so yeah is it smart to have their biggest attendance ever on a on their shortest show like on a one hour show yeah it, it it is not it is not the shortest show in general because they have like dark tapings before and I just know I just I don't necessarily mean from a from a yeah. fan perspective the fans are going to get their money's worth for sure yeah um, but I just mean from a viewer perspective does it feel like a little bit of a waste to have uh I mean I understand why they've done it they want to propel this new brand I mean what a way to do it yeah if, sure if, who we think is going to debut or are pretty much being told is going to debut at this point because um, they even said best in the world again in the promo um, is going to uh, debut. So they're obviously going to get their money's worth in the stadium. But, you know, from from we're only getting to get like 50 minutes without ads of this, their biggest crowd ever, you know. Uh, it feels like, oh, the stuff they could have done in front of a crowd that size. I mean, obviously, they're going to go to New York, uh, you know, COVID yeah. permitting, and that will maybe even surpass that, the the crowd they're going to have there. But I don't know. It's going to be going to be nuts, but it just feels like, oh, it's only 50 minutes in front of this, this hot Chicago yeah, right, crowd. Right. But, yeah, right, But I'm also like, when you see it online, that the, the tickets are starting like at $5 or so for this event. So they just want to have this big crowd uh, uh, to present this maybe biggest star right now who's not wrestling and coming back so that's the biggest emphasis biggest, free, in biggest free agent of the last decade yeah right so um 
yeah that's i think that's just what they want to present with it also like a huge crowd uh, a huge guy in this um, yeah in this this thing of of being a star and uh yeah but it, it's true what you said like it it feels weird that they just do it for this one small show yeah. but uh, i think the uh, grand slam in the uh tennis stadium is like twenty three thousand or so they can pack in there because they raised the capacities like every time it's sold out they just made yeah we have some seats 500 more there and 500 more there so yeah curious to see where this will end up to be i also that's that's just one thing aside but i love this tennis arena like because it's so narrow the court itself is small because tennis is not as big as a football or hockey field or anything and it's it's very very steep so like everyone can have a good look from all the times and it's packed and in, in a small space also and this atmosphere would just be amazing i'm I'm touching wood because I don't want to jinx this, but have we thought about how smart it is? All Out is planned for Chicago um, in about a month, um, and they're going to Chicago and holding an event with over 20, however, thousand people, then going away for enough time for people's COVID symptoms to develop, and then coming back to Chicago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is it, is, I'm not sure it's... I don't know. That's a bit worrying for me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's the other thing. Like, because the if US... they see a spike in the spike in the city, especially a, especially yeah. among the demographic who would go to both shows. I yeah. mean, if you're in Chicago and you're a wrestler and a big AEW fan, you're gonna book tickets for both. You're gonna book tickets for the first dance and for all yeah, out. Definitely. So, I mean, so yeah, but that's yeah, that's that's one thing. That's also like a political thing which will happen then in the US. Like, I can just say from from Iceland's point of view right now, which I already know that the US uh, set uh, travel warnings to Iceland Iceland or other countries where the numbers are a little higher because their numbers are peaking there and I think we also don't want to go into a vaccination thing directly and uh, 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 cause a discussion about it here but there's a lot of people in our age which are uh, vaccinated in the US and I can say it from Iceland here with a huge number of infections right now all the people who are in that age group who are infected they don't have any bad side effects from it they just have like a flu symptoms or like a, a little stronger flu but not bad symptoms at all shouldn't play this down but uh, that's a thing like how iceland is handling it right now it's no, more no, concerned sure. about the people who are not vaccinated and, the problem is though even yeah. people even people who are vaccinated if they obviously they can still contract as you say less severe cases of it i won't get too much into the politics of it but it you know it does we saw you know we had so i was looking at a graph on reddit the other day of of spikes in the uk and what you know the spikes that caused lockdowns um of cases and it spiked right around the euros here um you know because obviously england made i want to say the finals yeah it's it's so long ago (laughs) yeah i just i I tried not to think about it yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah. (laughs) um but uh yeah the and and then they dropped the cases dropped again afterwards but um you know it in terms of a local sense a 20 plus thousand event is definitely enough to cause a a a noticeable spike even amongst you know even if they've got a, a High, high, I don't know how it is in Chicago specifically, but they might have a high vaccinated population. But um, it's just, it's just, it seems a little bit reckless to me to go to. I mean, as as terrible as this sounds, and don't think I'm for one minute trying to downplay the seriousness of COVID. Seriousness of COVID. If they go to a city in Texas and then fuck off to Tennessee and don't come back to Texas for six months, like they're not they've already done the show so what does it matter you know as it, yeah uh, but that's from true. a from a not from a obviously not from a moral standpoint and a human life standpoint but from a business standpoint they're not coming back there anytime soon so if they've caused the super spreader event they've caused the spike then pff, they're not going to get shut down when they come you know come back to texas because well, that's way in the future but they're going to chicago coming back for like three weeks and then going straight back right when you know three weeks after possibly creating a super spreader event so it's but in the end like it's a political thing also like it's not their uh responsibility um, oh it's not their responsibility but i'm just saying it's yeah it's that's something that they i don't know they i i see why they've done it because they want a certain person to debut in a certain place but um it's just I don't know. It's, I, I just, like I said, touch wood, hope nothing bad happens yeah, with going there and then going yeah. back. So, so because you, you don't want, I, I we don't want to see, see All Out cancelled. So yeah, right. Not basically. All Out cancelled. And I don't want to see the Grand Slam cancelled because this is what I see more 
like like in in the in the you know in the I don't know how you call it in English in the in the balance now like in in the in the in the ropes like, hanging in the ropes yeah that's the right uh, then like, all out. But like I said, that's that's New York. They'll go to New York and then they'll leave New York. And if there's a spike afterwards, then they're not going back to New York. But with the la the first dance and then all out specifically, both in Chicago, that worries me a little bit more. But well, you know, hopefully, like I said, touch wood, touch wood. <laughs> Next up, we had the main event of the evening. God, it feels weird getting onto this so soon. But it is a one-hour show. Um, it was Britt Baker versus Red Velvet for the AEW Women's World title. So we had a pre-match interview with Mark Henry. Um, I, I didn't make much of this interview. Obviously, Velvet was booed, and uh, the doc got a huge pop. But um, they didn't really say anything new, and it, it it felt like this could have been time that was in the match, really. Um, and like I said, Mark Henry wasn't really impressing me tonight. Um, thoughts on that, though? If, if there's not not really much to say about it, or do you? Yeah, agree, but yeah, or? yeah. Also, like I agree that uh, Mark Henry wasn't like hundred percent like not in the groove yet. But I can still I like this presentation. This uh, three split screen Sports up style, down. right? Sports was, style. Yeah, this yeah. is what they should should keep on doing. Maybe it it was a good test. And uh, yeah, like you also said, Mark Henry just needs to uh, focus a little more and not focus. Sorry. In, uh, um, practice a little more but they just should give him the screen time because i think uh, they can have something also quite unique with him because he's so characteristic and 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 quiet uh, and and calming also like when he, when he's talking so it it has a nice touch a nice vibe to it so they should keep on doing that just say you want a spoon with sexual chocolate already patrick oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i just um, love mark henry like in in wwe i was always like yeah he's a cool guy and this character was yeah but then there was this one point where i found out that he's like in his private life a super funny guy and always nice to everyone and then was this particular moment where he said i'm gonna retire wants to handshake john cena and then yeah. slams him just for this i was like okay i love him I saw <laughs> I saw him talking about that quite recently, actually, and he said that the reason that promo went so well and was so legendary and, and seemed so good is because it was real, because he actually wanted to retire, but WWE were telling him to stay on and, um, and telling him to continue, and they wanted him to continue. So he said the reason there was so the reason that first the uh, the the reason he managed to draw everyone in with that retirement speech um, and why it was so emotional is because he said it was 100% real. That was my real retirement speech. It's just WWE wanted me to stay on. So I gave my real retirement speech, but then, you know, I then, then stayed and then slammed John Cena and carried on wrestling. So I thought, you know, it, you know, it's probably a good one to go back and watch with that knowledge in mind. But Yeah, definitely. You should definitely do that if you haven't seen that yet. It's just really amazing. And the speech was so nice because I actually... Uh, yeah, I, I bought what he said. Like I was like, okay, this is over. Yeah. But anyway, yes, on to the match itself. Uh, so, obviously, uh, Velvet came out to booze and Brit came out to just, oh, it was it was brilliant. Um, what a hometown reaction she had. Just think about it. Show, show this to young people who are thinking, oh, shall I become a dentist or not? And then you're showing this, yes. In the end, people can chant uh, DMD. <laughs> Yeah. Might be a great like advertising video for the Association of American Dentists or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I don't know how what her, what how being champion has affected her dentistry schedule whether she still manages to keep Yeah. Yeah, I was it, also but... thinking about that now that she's involved like at least 3 days a week. Uh might be hard also for her patients. I don't know if they <laughs> if they have an emergency <laughs> or so. But you know. Anyway, uh, Velvet went for her finisher early. I, I've forgotten what it's called. I'm, I'm terrible with that. Um, uh, nice leg lariat and moonsault. I actually, she only did it twice because one of my criticisms of Velvet, Red Velvet is she, um, in her matches, she often relies too heavily on moonsault or moonsault style moves. So she'll do like a standard moonsault and then she'll do a moonsault off the top. She'll do a moonsault off the apron. She'll do like four or five moonsaults a match. She only did two this match, but I did start keeping a tally. Um... Yeah, uh, Rebel was just. Uh, uh, sorry, I'll just. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give a full. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to full play by play, but there was a Reba chant from the crowd. Um, or was it a Rebel? No, it was Reba. It was Reba. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good thing, but I remember that they were chanting for her. <laughs> um, Red Velvet was targeting the arm. That was a big. Uh, the big kind of story of this match. And she took um, Brit's cast off. 
uh, Rebel got ejected for cheating, and so they were staying. They were staying at heel, Britt Baker. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the crowd were having none of the. You know, they were never going to boo her, and a big bullshit chant went up when Rebel got ejected. Um, Velvet tried to the ending essentially. Velvet tried to steal the lockjaw. Um, so she she put uh, Brit's finisher on her, but didn't get the fingers in the mouth. Um, Brit reversed it uh, into her own lockjaw, but Velvet started slamming her hands, uh, arm on the ground again, and then but then Brit went for a second one and used her other arm. Uh, who who'd have thought that was a solution uh, to put the fingers in the mouth and get the immediate tap out what did you think of the match itself before we go into um you know the 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 emotion of it in the crowd and the uh and what happened after the match if we take all that away what did you think of this as a match yeah then it comes to a point where i say it was a fine match not a very good match it was a fine match um yeah like you said there were a lot of like springboard moves and and aerial moves from or attempts from red velvet a lot of um like Honestly, a lot of the similar kind of kick, um, yeah. like the scissor kind of kick or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and then the, I, I like the finish of her trying to trying to steal uh, 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 the lockjaw and then yeah. getting also getting her cast off, slamming on the hand, and then just <laughs> Britt Baker turning it around like, oh, okay, when I do this around, I can use my strong hand. <laughs> yeah. Like in the, Take my strong hand. Yeah, <laughs> scary, scary movie. movie. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, uh. but what I also liked is the uh, yeah, like the the whole uh, yeah. This might go already, I think, in the emotional part of it. But they also presented uh, Red Velvet not as the super clear face because they knew they cannot do that. Still, yeah. Britt Baker was the heel clearly with the moves and also ejecting um, uh, uh, Reba Rebel from the from the from the arena for the moves uh, for the for the inter- interferences. Uh, but they they tried to play with it a bit, but um, yeah, in the end it didn't work because the crowd was just too much involved with it. Well, she did act very heelish afterwards, and it was like the crowd didn't really know how to react. But yeah, you put you, uh, the match itself. You put this match on at Daly's place. I think you've got a below average match, honestly. Yeah, um, it was mainly the crowd and Velvet. It was, sorry, it was almost the same match as uh, no, not the same match, but it has like the same vibes. Uh, in the, in the German wrestling podcast, they said watch. Hogan versus The Rock with sound off, then it's just the most boring shit you've ever seen. But with the sound <laughs> on, everyone goes crazy yeah. or super involved. So, another so, case like this. Britt is someone who I actually think is quite WWE style, which is funny because she's never had any extended run in WWE or anything, you know. Um, she's someone that's a little bit sports entertainment y style. Her, you know, she hasn't got the craziest moveset or anything. Um, but she's solid now. She's come a long way. She's improved so much last year uh, from the beginning of the year when she was not looking great. Um, but I just, I think, I think Velvet's going for a different, more athletic style. But Velvet's very green. So not only did she look very green in this match, but also I don't think their styles meshed per- particularly well. Um, but you know, all that aside, like I said, you you have this in Daly's place, a below average match. Um, the crowd elevated this to a whole nother level um and the fact that it wasn't the most polished match in the world just didn't matter um just really good really really ex you know really just awesome you know she's so over she's so she's she's almost that over outside of pittsburgh but you put her in pittsburgh with the signs and i just felt it was just a feel-good moment um after the match uh i'm trying to i'm trying to Brit attacked her first, I believe, um, and then Chris Statlander came in to try and make the save on Red Velvet um, and started attacking Brit. And then a, I don't know, not masks, how would you say, a behatted woman, <laughs> hat and hoodie or whatever, uh, came in to attack Chris. This is obviously um, Brit Baker's bodyguard. And then she reveals herself to be Jamie Hayter, who I was really surprised at this. And I think the, I think she looks so different than she. Yeah. She looks so different. The crowd genuinely like. To be honest, Jamie Hayter appeared in what a couple of. She was there for a couple of weeks on television. Um. So I think um not everyone in the arena would have known who she was anyway. Even if she looked exactly the same as when she when she was here last. Um. Because she did cut a pro, at least one promo on Dynamite as well. I think. Um. But 
regardless um you know i there would have still been some people who knew who she was but i think hardly almost nobody in the arena knew who it was because i mean i'm probably gonna have a jr moment here where i get told off uh, she's lost weight you know she's um she, yeah she definitely really really trim and she's dyed a hair blonde um and she yeah she looks like a complete different person um and Oh, I'm excited because she, me and Jack were talking about this. She is a hometown girl for us. She's from Southampton, about 22 minutes across the water from where we live on the island. So, you know, big up Jamie Hayter, represent the South Coast. But uh, yeah, um, what what did you make of this as the reveal? I wasn't expecting it. Like like I said, it didn't, me neither. It didn't, it didn't go over crazy with the crowd because they didn't really know who she was, but... I wasn't expecting it, and that's a good thing. And I, 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 you know, she is a good wrestler, and I am glad to have her back in in AEW. Yeah, and same for me as the crowd first. I was like, "Who's that?" And like her hair, because she had this like like orange uh, blonde tone in it. I was like, "She looks like Becky Lynch." That's not Becky Lynch. Just for 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 a second. That's so your Becky your split sec- your split second was Becky Lynch. My split second was Mercedes Martinez. And I was like, <laughs> I was like. No, her non-compete won't be up yet. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, also, oh, why should Becky Lynch be there? And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, then I really looked into her face. I was like, now, but who's that again? And then Jamie Hader, and I was like, Jesus. And uh, because yeah. I watched her transformation, like I'm uh, following her on on Twitter, and uh, but I I never like I saw like oh okay she lost weight oh she got she got really like. Uh, yeah, well trained, well practiced. Like uh, it, her shape and everything, she completely changed to what we saw in 2019. I would never have recognized her if I would be in the crowd and I girl, didn't have a commentary in ear who says who she was. Yeah, um, yeah it was just it was. But it, it, then when they revealed, I was like, oh, great, because I really loved her. Like together with uh, B Priestley yeah. in a tag team, just great. Um, yeah, I cannot wait like for for it also like for more women to show up at AW because the women's division now gets better and better. Like with these small indie wrestlers or like like Layla Hirsch, someone you didn't have on your screen at all, and then she's coming there. And you're like, okay, she's good. Chris Detlander, since she's back, amazing. Before it was like, yeah, she's good. Like I can see that, but now since she's back. I'm completely in that. Like she's so great, I really love her. And uh, Thunder Rosa now signed to AEW. Um, yeah, it's coming together, isn't it? The yeah, division. completely. Yeah. And Emi Sakura, she's also moving to the US now. She is big. Uh, James is big sad over that because he's a big <laughs> fan of big fan of Choco Pro. Get a move, Choco Pro on uh, YouTube, and that's Emi Sakura's promotion. And uh, she will no longer be appearing on it. So, but you know, maybe it will get. It's our editor James um, is who I'm referring to. But uh, may, you know, we'll get him to watch AEW more. I think I think he does anyway. I think he actually does the watch along yeah, right. with Choco Pro. But uh, yeah uh no good stuff it's it's the future is bright for the women's division although before i talk about that though um about the kind of how the women's division is looking um at the end of the match she did uh she being brit baker curb stomped red velvet onto the title and like i said it was a bit it was weird to have her so you know uh still behaving so heelish but in front of a crowd where she was essentially a mega face do you know what i mean and like i said the crowd really wasn't sure how to react to that i don't think yeah definitely this move also <laughs> that, that that she did a curb stomp and uh, then think oh there's becky lynch there so <laughs> the connections are funny but uh, yeah that was super heelish and the crowd like you said also they didn't know what to do if they should cheer or not like for they yeah. definitely didn't boo but they didn't like are we they allowed to cheer now yeah they didn't <laughs> cheer as loudly it was like oh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah but it, it was also i liked it that it's clearly like she is a, a heel still although she's like very popular and she's playing with it she is a heel and she won't change her character and i'm really glad it'll be like, like- that and it will be even harder to find someone else then Thunder Rosa, who can compete on that level, maybe with the uh, uh, people cheering or booing, um, to get the title off her one day. It'd be nice to see a match between her and Riho, because Riho is very popular as a face. So yeah, um, also yeah. Thing is though, is is what I I always call her. I don't call her an out and out heel now because of how over she is. She's and I always say she's an anti heel. She's a heel, but it's like it's like anti hero. You know, it's like in, in in movies they're a they're a good good guy, but they're you know they're a dick as well. And it's and it's the opposite with she's cheered, but she's still 
you know the baddest bitch as she would say she's um she's still very much heel as you say so i would i would say anti-heel is how i describe her but yeah that brings us to the the end of our show i believe oh i was still going to talk about the women's division yeah no just that it looks to be shaping up nicely and um and the one thing I did want to say was they said there was going to be more women's matches on Dynamite. Sorry, more women's matches on Rampage because they've only been doing the one women's match on Dynamite. The only thing is, how do you do that without turning Rampage into essentially a women's match-themed show? Because as we saw tonight, there's enough time for three matches on Rampage and one of them was a, a sen- sort of... Well, it was the same length as a squash match. It was a two, three-minute match. So how do you even do that what they've said they'll do they promised they'll do have more women's matches on rampage how will you do that without it turning into a women's match show all right i just needed to check the match length <laughs> for the matches so yeah the first match was quite long with 15 minutes um the last match also 10 minutes but uh, you're, you're right yeah but this accumulates together like to what like uh, uh with a two minute match yeah then we just have like 27 minutes minutes of match time out of 45-ish minutes, which is the show long, or let's say 40 minutes long. Um, yeah, that's also what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, they, they of course, if they put one women's match in every week, then they still have, like, from, from the numbers, <laughs> they have a higher amount of women's it's matches. still in double there. what they had before. Yeah, right. So if they would, like we, we said before so many times, if they would have, like, two women's matches on Dynamite and then maybe one on Rampage, I think that's completely fine. Nice, also, yeah. yeah, also for the size of the division right now, whoever is coming in the future to them as well. The only thing is, I hate to say it, but the one women's match in uh, on Dynamite is... I've looked at the numbers and the size of the roster. It is kind of proportional to the roster size, the women's roster versus the men's roster. The men's roster is overflowing. So, like, then you can have some men miss out as well that are big names that you you have to get on telly and you have to keep everyone happy. It's not a job I envy, for sure. And I feel like... I feel like they... You know, I, I really enjoyed the one-hour format of Rampage this week, and I love the keep them wanting more stuff. It's the same sort of thing as old NXT. Do you remember when, you know, that was an hour show, but it, back when it was not what it is right now? Um, and, you know, it, it just felt like, oh, you couldn't wait to see the next one. So I really like that about a one-hour show, but I do feel like they need the two two-hour show uh, format to, to really get everyone over. That said, I think that's happening next year, isn't it? Because Rampage is kind of like the placeholder until a f- new fully-fledged show, until they've basically got a SmackDown, you know? Yeah, uh, it wouldn't, don't they want to make Rampage their SmackDown, just make it to two hours? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, e- either way, the one-hour thing, the one-hour extra hour of Dynamite is... is I, 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 I'm, not, I'm really not sure. I think Rampage will probably end up being the two-hour show that yeah. comes along in 2020. But 2022 is when they said that's coming, so... Um, and I also... Sorry, I also have a question. Although, maybe yeah, I'm I not, miss- it might be a separate thing, but I'm not sure. When, they yeah. were not 100% on the details. Yeah, I also have like a, maybe a misunderstanding or so because I thought Rampage would be on TBS to to get the people to know TBS at this point of time. But now it looks... It, it was on TNT, definitely, because everything was saying yeah. TNT there. And... Uh, now they're just educating, I think, the people then, right? For Friday nights that they also should tune in. So I first thought, okay, they're putting that on TBS Friday night so people tune into TBS on Friday nights, but now it's on Dynamite, uh, on TNT. So I think everyone is a little confused how the future will be then for this, or not confused, but a little unsure how it will be in the future and how it will look like. For sure. Well, it, we just have to wait and see, won't we? That just about brings us to the end of our show um this is the first time we've done this uh on, on it's our first rampage show so really not sure what we do here we're not doing our less important shows but we will uh we will do match of the night what was your match of the night patrick yeah the uh, impact title match definitely of course the impact that was match. that was just some great wrestling there was a lot of fun to be had in the other two but definitely definitely the impact title match so um usually what we said is we will have you doing your heel moment of the week because for the week we'll we'll have it on this show but um i'll tell you what just just uh before we move the heel moment of the week from our dynamite review to our rampage review just in the meantime why don't you give us your heel moment of the night what was the what was the heelist move you saw on rampage 
Now you got me there. <laughs> yeah, but the heelish move spot. was probably the debut of, of Jamie Hayter, like in general. There, there was not so much heelish work where I'm like, yeah, that was super heelish. And yeah, but because there were also like, especially in the Impact title match, there were a lot of like, uh, like you said, the Christian's taunt was kind of heelish move, but he definitely did the face or that he was moving the chair. Uh, which was definitely uh, yeah seen for the for the face guy, but he's using uh, for the heel guy. But as a face guy, he's using it using but the, I, the I, weapon. I don't necessarily. I, I think it's turnabout's fair play when a, when a face uses a weapon that heels introduced. I don't really consider that a heel move. I think that's no, more that's, of a yeah. You know, you get your this. You asked for this sort of thing. You know. Yeah, exactly. But, so I'd say Jamie Hayter's debut probably. So who would be the recipient of that though? Would that be a, a joint win for Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, or or does one of them get get the uh, heel moment of the week for themselves? It's for Jamie Hayter, I have to say. Just yeah, yeah, Hayter. because of her debut. Yeah. God damn it! God damn it! Okay. Well, that's that's the end of our show. It's been a nice breezy afternoon. We have to look out for what's happening on Dynamite on Wednesday. We do. We do. Sorry, it's just unprofessional. Unprofessional. Yeah, right. The most unprofessional podcast. If you find a more unprofessional podcast, we I don't know. We don't do anything about it. Because we're unprofessional. Because we're unprofessional. Thank you. give us the rundown of next week's show, please. Patrick. All right, so announced for the show is American Top Team's Dan Lambert. This is Dynamite, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dynamite. <laughs> Dan Lambert, he will be uh, visiting uh, Dynamite with two people from UFC, whoever that might be. Yeah, like we said before, Sammy Guevara will have a special announcement uh, also together with his match he'll have later and a face-to-face -face segment between uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Then we'll have a match between Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara with the before-mentioned announcement. We have a Texas Tornado Tag Team Match, which was announced yesterday, or just emphasized yesterday, Darby Allen and Sting for the first time on TNT in 20 years versus 2.0. Um, then we have the fifth labor of uh, Jericho. It's the singles match of Chris Jericho versus MJF, where uh, Jericho is not allowed to use the Judas effect and even not Judas as his entrance music. And the AEW World Tag Team Championship match might be the main event or not, or the opener again. The Young Bucks are facing the Jungle Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and yeah, might lose the title. What a stack card. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely on the road. There's definitely a difference in... AEW on the road and AEW at Daily's Place as much as we're thankful for Daily's Place for keeping it taken over during the pandemic or the pandemic era because it's still the pandemic but um, one thing that stands out there for me is why <laughs> Sting's first match on TNT in 20 years and it's against 2.0 like, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh I speaks for itself uh, which match are you looking forward to the most Oh, that's really hard. Like, I, I'm actually looking forward to the Sting match because I was very uh, well surprised by his last match he had, like, on uh, what was the last pay-per-view on uh, Revolution? No, Revolution. Yeah. No, Double or Nothing was the last one. Double or Nothing. I was really surprised, um, his in-ring debut there. Um, but I am very curious to see, uh, really, how the uh, AW World Tag Team Championship match will turn out to be. I'm not expecting them to lose it, but... Yeah, now with them being also involved with Christian and everything, a bit like, yeah, maybe some more struggles in the elite I'm, I'm thinking of. Just a little more struggle. Just just maybe one thing that's happening and just shows us, okay, the elite is starting to struggle a bit. So I'm looking forward to this because this will tell us more about like when Hangman is about to face Kenny again. And yeah, this this whole thing is going a little more into one direction. I have to say I'm very intrigued. You use the word intrigued about the tag match, but I'm very intrigued about how this fifth label will go down, especially yeah, that's um, also interesting. Especially as you know, it's happening on a dynamite, so we really don't know what way this is going. Whether they're going to end up having a rematch at All Out, or how they're going to set that up, or you know, because they don't have these are two big guys who should be on the pay per view card, and they, you know, if they settle it on dynamite, are they not going to have a match at All Out? So it's you know, it's it, you know, how are they going to extend it? That's that's what's intriguing for me, I think. Yeah, definitely. Also, and then also, what will uh, Sammy Guevara announce? Then also, like, what? Mm. What is it to be? I think possibly leaving so, in a so, circle, yeah. but I think it'll be amicable. I think Jericho yeah. will be cool with it, and they'll have a hug or something. Something, yeah. Will they be the inner square? If there's only four of them. <laughs> <laughs> or the inner. Oh wait, wait, wait! Circle. I've got, I've got a sound effect for that.
great. Hey, I haven't used that in ages. God. All right. And before signing off the show, I want to bring a real good joke by Jericho. I watched um, his, uh, how, how is that called? The podcast. I don't know how the podcast is called by... Uh, talk uh, is Jericho? No, Steve-O. No. Uh, Steve He's on the Steve-O podcast. And this podcast is recorded in a van, which uh, uh, Steve-O built for it completely. And Chris Jericho was on it. It's like two weeks ago. You should watch it. It's very nice uh, because he's also saying a lot of shit, fuck, motherfucker. And so, so he's not bleeped out. This is funny. Um, but yeah, he said like when he's in that van, he said, yeah, really nice to, uh, being here, guys. Like being, but uh, usually when being in a van in Los Angeles and two guys are in here, uh, three guys in here, one looks handsome. I'm not expecting to do a podcast in here, so. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Great. Great. Well, um, yeah, brings us to a close. I think we managed to keep it around an hour, which, yeah. you know, is what we're expecting. Basically, our podcast runs the same length as the show. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, good first step. It was nice chatting with you, Patrick. And, well, you'll be it'll be your um, last for a while, at least, Um uh, Dynamite review on Wednesday, and then but then people won't have to wait long to hear you because you'll be back here again next weekend if all goes to plan. Yeah, exactly. I'm also looking forward to it. I already loved the show, I said it in the beginning. Very good show. Um, looking forward to it also because it's a Saturday morning, new tradition for me getting up, having breakfast, uh, breakfast, watching Rampage, and also not going on the social medias to get spoiled before. This is, yeah, this is very well manageable for me. And we get to record the podcast in the day, so yeah, you know, right. cause it's on a weekend, so we can. What what's what have you got planned for the rest of the day? Um, I'm doing actually some DJing recording later also on, but I'm gonna have a look at, and everyone should maybe do that. The triple R. I don't know if it's the main event, but it's the match between Andrade and Kenny Omega for the Mega Championship. Yeah, I don't think it's the main event. I think they've got an ongoing thing down there, probably a mask versus mask match or something that they've got. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm probably going to watch it at some point too. I've got to try and fit it around my Stardew Valley addiction because I'm back on that and I can't <laughs> shake the monkey. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, have a nice day to you and to all our listeners. Thank you for joining us. Uh, goodbye and good afternoon. <laughs>